0: But Black Panther, I think, was probably the, the biggest palatable example of Black excellence that everybody from your you know middle school nephew or your young son up to adults could see and feel proud about. <music> yeah, what's good, it's your boy South Seven O Six from Congress or wait, from Cotton to Congress on Twitter this is ktscf uh this episode is going to be a little bit different we had a, a plan going through but uh, after the uh, devastating news of the uh, death of chadwick Bozeman, our episode has been uh, changed to hello black panther century um, if you haven't listened to our episodes before we have done at least two or two or three episodes on black panther and our thoughts on that so definitely go back and check those episodes out we'll post them this week but as usual we have uh AC3 Savage and Marcus Sniffles. Uh, how you guys holding up?
1: These are sad times. Um, I'm a bit emotional, you know, like you just don't expect uh, someone who has done so much good to leave the earth so soon. I mean, not trying to get into, you know, our own private lives, but he's really not that much older than us, you know, and to just pass away like that. You just, you don't expect it. Like, so it's been a day.
2: Yeah. It's been, a it's been an emotional last few days, uh, for some people last few months and for pretty much everybody since like 2020 started, like 2020 has been kicking our asses. Like every other day, every other day it's like, what's next? What's next? And then something like this happens and it's just like, doesn't even, doesn't even seem real, you know? Like, just, how how are you supposed to process it? And I'm usually
0: not the dramatic Twitter type that's like, oh, fuck 2020, 2020 is like the worst year. But after this, I'm like, damn, dog, 2020 might be the wild, one of the wildest years in history, uh, as of recent history, and again, I know uh, on this podcast, just me in general, I'm not super big on like, oh, you know, celebrity worship or whatnot, but uh, we'll get into a little bit later why this is, you know, very important for a lot of reasons, but uh, I'm going to read the uh, the official statement from his Twitter account. Um, it is with immeasurable grief that we confirm that the passing of Chadwick Boseman, Chadwick was with, diagnosed with stage three colon cancer in 2016 and battled with it for these last four years as it progressed to stage five. A true fighter Chadwick preserved throughout it all and brought you many films you have come to love so much. From Marshall to The Five Bloods, <clears throat> August Wilson's Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and several more were all filmed during in between countless surgeries and chemotherapy. It was an honor of his career to bring King Child to life in Black Panther. He died in his, at his home with his wife and family by his side. The family thanks you for your love and prayers and asks you continue to respect their privacy during this difficult time. So where were you guys at when you heard the news? Um I was at the gym and I posted a picture of my water bottle that I take pretty much everywhere I go. And I was just like, wow, like like I couldn't even finish my workout. It it destroyed my workout. I was like, I can't, I can't be here no more. It was just it was just devastating.
2: Uh I was actually I was driving, I was out on the road, so I was on my way home and I was already listening to s- somewhat emotional music and to just put that on top of it it just made you know that that night a little bit uh tougher to deal with and I I don't know man there there hasn't been that many uh celebrity passings that have really like affected me the way this one has but this was this was a tough one for me especially last night I just i had trouble sleeping and even this morning it was just like you know, like like Adolphus said, he's not he's not some sixty year old man, like some eighty he's not some old guy. He's a young, you know, pretty healthy from what we saw. Cool dude. And he's and he's like was he 43? 43. Now he's yeah, 43. And it's like, you know, I know for some people that listen to this podcast, that's ancient, but to someone that's thirty-four, that is not old. That is super young. So that's it's. This is a tough one.
1: Yeah, and I was kind of doing the same thing. I was out on the road and um, <clears throat> doing a little work. And a white guy that I uh, text with sometimes, he texted me and told me the news. But you know how sometimes you will text certain people and, you know, you guys kind of rib each other or you joke. So I was like, are you serious? Like, nigga, what the fuck? I actually called him in where I apologized because I got out of character. But he told me and I was like, ain't no way like this dude is playing Uh, because he had just told me some news before. But I went not like readily at my phone. So it was like he told me two things. And the second thing was about uh Mr. Bolsman. And I went to look and I was like, whoa, hold on. This this can't be true. Like because um, I seen a statement on Twitter and it wasn't like anyone official. And so I waited like a couple more minutes and it, it was everywhere. And I was just like wow, I, I just really cannot believe that he passed away. And I immediately thought back to uh, the interview that he did for Jackie Robinson with the 42 where he looked he looked like he was sick and people were trolling, making fun. I know we're advocates for, hey, Twitter's the wild, wild west, so I'm not going to get into it with people and all the stuff that they said, but he was sick then. Like, even when you watch the five Bloods, he looked noticeably slimmer than in like a black Panther or some of the other movies. Uh, But I I was devastated. Like I didn't shed any tears because I don't know him personally. And, you know, if you've listened to this podcast, of course, I've lost a father last year. So I've shed enough tears. Um, And I actually had a black Panther T-shirt on yesterday. Like I had the retro 1960 something. And I was just stunned. I was hurt
0: yeah it was one of those things where like i had to i had to log off twitter like i haven't really been on twitter all day today and yesterday because like everywhere you go it's uh it's kind of the same thing that mark just talked about last week with kobe bryant uh it's just like everywhere you go that that's going to be the the thing that you're hearing people talk about and it's just like it's crazy to think about that and just kind of a, a side note that uh Combat uh, Jack also died from uh, colon cancer at 53, which is way too young for him as well. So um, I guess this is a mini PSA. Make sure you guys are getting you know, checked and uh, exactly like enjoy my world Said in the chat fuck cancer. But make sure you guys are taking care of yourselves and, and getting checked. But uh, I know, again, a lot of people and this is going to be my little bit on the celebrity worship thing. There's people online, like, for example, when Kobe passed, that had all the comments like, hey, you know, he's just a basketball player. You know, what about the troops and real heroes? And I get that sentiment. I get that sentiment. But <clears throat> the biggest part for me with Chadwick Bozeman and focusing on Black Panther, because he also did other movies like uh, AC3 Savage said, like uh, 42. And a big one for me personally was Get On Up uh, the biopic on James Brown from Augusta, the legend, Uh, shout out to Keanu or to Keanu's in the chat. Um, yeah, definitely get checked. Um, but for, for black Panther, it's one of those things uh, about representation that in this age that we live in, where most of the the box office movies that we see that star black people were usually slaves. You know, we've had a family member get shot. We're in jail things of that nature, nothing really positive. But this was a movie that showed us and showed kids that, hey, a black person can be the hero. And I get it, there's other historical figures that we probably should let our kids know about as far as like like Jackie Robinson or Thurgood Marshall or uh, many others like Shirley Chisholm, things like that. But Black Panther, I think was probably the, the biggest palatable example of black excellence that everybody from your, you know, middle school nephew or your young son up to adults could see and feel proud about. And we showed our ass, and the movie came out, a lot of people made jokes about it. But it's one of those things where it was a moment for us to, to kind of see ourselves as super smart, super educated. You know, we, we were, you know, kings, I guess, kings and queens. We weren't cooned out, like most of the movies we see. And it's unfortunate for a lot of the kids and the parents of young kids that like Black Panther was their first big movie they saw. Right. That, you know, that viral video of those kids at the what academy was it at the Ron Clark Academy, where the kids are on the desk, turning up and dancing. like they were excited because their their whole class got to go see Black
2: Panther. I completely forgot that that's what that was for. I just thought it was like this because I see that gif all the time. But I forgot that that's what that was for. That's where that came from. That's where that moment was.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna retweet it now. But, but yeah, the, those kids who were probably is equally excited when they heard there was gonna be a sequel for Black Panther were probably you know that
2: much excited for it. Now they're never gonna get that. Like it's not gonna happen. But and, and it's it's also not for kids. Like if you remember, like when Black Panther first came out, even before, like like right when it came out, I feel like chadwick and the entire cast were doing a crazy press run like they were doing bigger press runs than any other marvel movie that wasn't like uh uh, age of ultron or infinity war or like an ensemble like for a solo movie their press tour was like i saw them everywhere they were in other countries for multiple days, weeks at a time. They went to every movie, like they were just everywhere. Like the press for this movie was incredible. And I know you're saying like Kyle, like a lot of kids are were, you know, excited about Black Panther and uh looking forward to you know another Black Panther, you know, costume stuff like that. But if you also look back when this movie came out, like the following uh NBA All-Star weekend, like a lot of the NBA players were like, This is the guy I want to see. I need to go see Black Panther. There was like three tributes to him uh in the dunk contest. He was a NBA uh dunk contest judge. He got to commentate some of the games. Like everybody wanted to see this guy because of who he was and what he represented in that movie. Like he was that guy for like that entire year. He ran that year because of that movie. Like that was. He'd already put out some some good film. But really, this was the one.
0: Yeah, definitely. And again, it's it's one of those things where like I don't know where the, and it's I don't even want to speculate. I'm glad people haven't been doing this. Like, oh, what's going to happen to the franchise? Like, that's not important right now. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't matter. Like, somebody just lost their their husband. Somebody lost their son. Somebody lost their you know cousin, brother, or whatnot. But. Um, I think this is one of those times where, and I think I saw the homie uh, Freddie Bricks tweet about it as far as like, you have to kind of be, you know, just accept death, which is very morbid to say on this podcast, especially in 2020. But um, the the spin that I would take from it as a, a more positive spin is that, you know, get everything out of every day that you can, right? This man was pretty much diagnosed with cancer and he fought it the best that he can. Again, the movies they said he put out in that time period were Civil War, which is my favorite Marvel movie. Well, behind Black Panther, if I'm not mistaken, on my rankings. Uh, Marshall, Black Panther, Infinity War, Endgame, 21 Bridges, The Five Bloods. And I think there's another movie that's supposed to be coming out. I think it's final movie, if I'm not mistaken. But again, like in his press release, this man did this, put out these great films, and didn't bat an eye while going through probably the biggest battle of his life. So I guess you could use this as motivation and inspiration when you're going through things that are tough. And again, he was rich, he was famous, whatnot, But that doesn't change his mortality. Like none of that fame and money, it it didn't save him. But he still put in as much work and as much effort, as much effort as he could in the time that he had. And he
2: fought the entire time. And you can hear it through like when you go back and watch some of the, like, he did a, a commencement speech. He did some uh, speech where he was uh, recognizing Denzel Washington. He did some other, uh, he visited like uh, children's hospitals for kids that have terminal cancer. He did all these things. And when you looked at it back then, you were just like, oh, this is just, you know, Chad was being a good guy. Like, he's a, such a cool guy. He's, you know, doing it for the kids. He's." inspiring the future of, uh, 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 college graduates. He's helping out kids at, uh, uh, at the hospitals. He's just doing, you know, the right thing, being a good guy. But then you listen to some of the things he says now, knowing that he had, that he knew he had cancer. Like he's saying these things, knowing he has cancer, saying things as far as like, Hey, you know, you're here for a reason. You know, the things that you're struggling with, it's going to lead to a better you um, you know, cherishing moments and especially like looking back, him really uh spending like quality time with kids with cancer in hospitals. Really, when you look back on it now, like you can tell like those are special moments. Like before it just seemed like oh it's just a celebrity doing the celebrity thing for a photo op, but now you're just like, nah, that's it, it it, it hits different now when you know. That he's doing these things with cancer. Now, like I've I've been around, like my mother-in-law had breast cancer for like two years. chemo and surgeries and all those things. And you looked, you look at how Chad would look during uh Black Panther and Infinity War and Civil War, and like him being able to be in shape and still be able to put in that physicality while going through you know chemo and or surgery during those times that stuff is not easy it's not easy dealing with uh being in peak physical condition while having that type of cancer and going through surgery and chemo like if you if you want like a real uh i don't want to say like a deep dive but a more understanding of what that can do to somebody you should read uh stewart scott's book uh the, the espn anchor he talked about the things that he did and the things that he had to go through while having cancer and how the being physical would just kind of like it can drain you but it was something that would keep him sharp mentally but it's still there's still tax taxing on your body so i mean kudos for him for take going 100 like at all times it seems like
1: Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, My thing is like with Chadwick, I definitely understand where you guys are coming from. And it's definitely admirable what he did like to have cancer and still go visit sick kids um, with that are terminally ill or in the hospital. But I look back to even uh, someone on Twitter, it said where they were dealing with scoliosis and he, Chadwick Boseman, even said, hey, you know, well, are you okay? Do you need anything? If you need anything, call me. You know what I'm saying? He did that while he was, you know, going through his own struggles, and it just shows what type of human being that he was. Um, You know, which you just, it's a a loss for all humanity, not just the, the Black community, but you just, you really hate to see it, and just piggybacking and going back to the impact of the Black Panther, I know one of the friends of the podcast, uh, Charles or Chuck, he has a blended and mixed family. And his kids who are, you know, white and Asian and different other races and and his family, they all looked up to the Black Panther. And it, it wasn't just because he was Black it was because that was the first time that you got the opportunity to see a hero that's outside of the norm. And so I I really think that that movie was a catalyst for so many other projects that we're gonna see down the line, as well as what we've seen so far, but it was well put together. I do love how we showed up and showed out for it. Um, Once again, I'm not gonna talk about whether it's gonna be a part two or anything like that, you know, the guy, he's been passed away only about maybe 24 hours or so. Uh, but just to say he, he was he was a great human being. It's definitely going to be a loss for the community. And, you know, you just you hate to hear it, you know, but to kind of piggyback off of South Breeze is going to make you say to yourself. Whether you're terminally ill or not, we have to start cherishing every moment. You know, you, you live your life to the best of your ability because tomorrow you just never know. It it could be here for you or you could be in the dust as well, but just kind of appreciate everything that you have and even go as far as he did and go forward and help other people, put smiles on faces. Um yeah, that's pretty much it. So the
0: one of the 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 videos that hit me, as far as like representation with black people, why it's important. What's the uh, <clears throat> the Jimmy Fallon bit that he did, where people were kind of you know talking to a Black Panther poster and let them know the impact that it had for them, and then he came back from behind the screen and was like you know acknowledging them, you know dapping them up and stuff like that. And that's that's a powerful video, man. Like it's just it's just one of the things. Like I, I guess you don't understand. It's hard to make somebody understand the gravity of that, that movie and that character and him as a human being, when it's, it's just, it's just difficult to explain. But if you know, if you know, you know, like, again, there's going to be people that have been impacted for a long time off of that. And again, I I hope that people can use uh, him as a man, also as a a shiny light, and example for, for people in general, black, white, Asian, whatever, to for excellence and to you know persevere under you know dire circumstances, and uh, shout out to the homie as Tribbles because he was also an alumni of uh Howard University, uh, HBCU, and also shout out to Denzel Washington for really uh, taking care of him and his up and coming acting career, which is another level for this, which has got to be difficult for Denzel because you know Denzel's an older gentleman who's been in the game for a while, and I'm sure he was. You know, looking to see Chadwick progress in his career as he aged, and now he he won't have that opportunity. Just maybe even pass the torch to him. Yeah, yeah. So um, he's
2: supposed yeah. to be he's supposed to be the guy. He was supposed to be the guy. That's there's always the next guy. Denzel's been the guy for a pretty long time, and uh, Chadwick with the work that he'd been doing these last you know ten years, he was right on pace to be the guy to be to be the next one, and. Yeah, it, it's it's a tough one, man. I'm not even a lie, it's a tough one. Definitely, definitely. Um, I mean,
0: we won't stay on this too long because it's very, very depressing. But uh, I, I don't think that I'm gonna be able to watch Black Panther for a while. Uh, probably it sucks because, like, even with Civil War or Endgame, like I said on the podcast, I think the review we did for Endgame. My favorite scene of the movie is when they come back. Uh, from wherever they were where they got snapped away and the first person they show is Black Panther coming through the the time warp or whatever. And I I felt that was a very powerful moment in the movie. And like I I joke around the house all the time. I'll be like, you know, uh, I do the whole accent with the uh, Forrest Whitaker talking about the strength of the Black Panthers but stripped away. I can't do it no more. Like I can't. All right. I can't. I can't do it no more. Yeah, I I was like, I was like, like, I'll be in the house, be like talking to my wife, be like, I never freeze. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't do it anymore. It's done. Like, it don't hit hit
2: And even that, even that moment, that moment is from us. That that's the fans showing support for that movie because when they, when they were filming, uh, well, after they had filmed Black Panther, it hadn't been released, but they had already filmed it. Well, not Black Panther. uh, I'm drawing Infinity War they already uh, had filled, filmed Infinity War and then Black Panther came out but Infinity War was already done so Black Panther comes out it does a billion dollars and the Russo brothers are sitting there and they're just like why wasn't why didn't we have him in this movie more he should have been the focal point of Infinity War because look look what he just did on his own with no real like backstory no role understanding and of course he's the first you know black superhero with a major uh, film budget he made all he made more money than any of our movies And now we have this big ensemble movie and he's barely in it and we messed up we dropped the ball so who's the first person that comes out in Endgame you damn right Black Panther they weren't going to make yeah, that that was, was a
1: powerful movie. moment too I they went when came back and I seen Black Panther I was like yes like I, I really wanted to see that. So it it made me feel good. And I always wondered like, why wasn't he featured more? But I guess you kind of just explained it because I mean, after the fact, you know, Hey, the, the movie did numbers. We definitely showed up and showed out uh, for that. And I'll even say on my end, even before he passed away, I've always advocated for me being a black person. That's the greatest movie of all time. Like it, it's, it's, I, I don't care what you think of as far as acting or the dark night is better or, or just DC stuff or whatever. But this was the greatest movie of all time because once again, the children were able to see us. I was able to see myself. Like I didn't, I didn't really come into this knowing much about the black Panther i was a comic book kid but you know he just wasn't featured as much but when i seen the movie it was like wow you know these are my people I, like when the when the drums were hitting on the waterfall fight i was like dang i i, I can really feel this I, 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 it made me want to wear the kente cloth it made me want to figure out what's going on with my own personal roots to africa because the movie was just so powerful like that this is it may never be another movie for black people that's going to be on this level. And that's kind of the reason why I think it should just remain untouched. I mean, if they want to go forward with uh Suri being the the best role or the next role, that's cool, but it shouldn't be another Black Panther. This should be a moment in time that we relish because Chadwick did his thing and I just keep going back to the fact that This guy was battling stage three, four, and five cancer and didn't even blink an eye. Just without a sweat delivered a hell of a performance.
2: And looked great
1: too. Yeah, looked great too. I just, I cannot even believe it. It's just a a testament to what he wanted to do. And maybe in a sense, and I, I know that this could be something weird to say, but. Maybe if maybe him knowing that maybe he was on borrowed time could have been a reason why he said, I have to do this. Like, this is a part of my legacy, because even though we do know him and respect him for everything he's done as chat with the man. We'll always remember Black Panther and he's always going to be the Black Panther when I think of it. So definitely excellent to kind of be able to go through that.
0: So and real real quick too, another note on that is uh shout out to his like his team, his his inner circle for not letting that get out in this age of social media and TMZ and Bossip and the shade room. Like how like it's amazing that he was able who the De f- I, I, Holly Hager hired Charlie Sheen as White Panther, kill yourself. How about that? Fuck out of here. All right, get, get that get that fool out of here um but yeah, like shout out to that because like there are some people that can't keep a secret from their first to second floor, you know what I'm saying, and this man kept his under wraps to the point that shocked the entire world with this news so that's that's got to be a testament to the people he he keeps around him as well, and we should strive to have a team like that as well
2: yeah, I think it's a good thing that he he <clears throat> that he didn't uh like I mean because before like before Black Panther and all that stuff even started he knew he had cancer so for him to kind of you know looking back on it it's somewhat better that it didn't get out that he had it because once once you have like cancer or you lose a limb or or any some sort of physical ailment that kind of becomes who you are, you know what I'm saying? Like you become cancer survivor, Lance Armstrong, or, you know, anything like that, that, that disease tends to define you. It tends to be put in front of you or behind you, no matter what you do. But through all the things that Chadwick Boseman was doing, it was just Chadwick Boseman being Black Panther or James Brown or, uh, uh, the guy in the five bloods, any of these movies, he wasn't, we didn't lose any focus of who he was and what he was doing. We weren't distracted by the the cancer that he had. He wasn't defined by that. He was defined by what he did on the screen and what he did off the screen. And so- He
1: didn't, he didn't allow us to show sympathy for him. Or make it seem like, you know, he was a charity case. He still went forward and did what he needed to do regardless, because in some of those situations, if they would have known he had cancer, they'd be like, oh, you don't need to go to the hospital. Or, hey, maybe you don't need to work out so hard for this uh, Black Panther role or or lose this weight for that role or, or do this for that role, because it's so physically taxing on a person that actually has cancer. So he didn't allow it to take over him. And become some sort of a charity case. He did what he needed to do, and got done what he needed to get done. I guess from a movie perspective.
2: Yeah, it's just, just a testament to the to the people he works around, the people he he trusts, his inner circle, and just you know, people not trying to take advantage of his his situation, which is you know obviously it, it, it hit everybody like a ton of bricks. Cause it, it literally came out of nowhere. Like it just almost like it just fell out of the sky or like you just got blindsided by a car. It's just like, how, how is, how is someone it's, it's almost like, like when Prince died, like he's such a big, like person and he like takes up a room. He's like, just, he's, the moment he's just such a huge energy and that and for that to just be gone within a blink of an eye it just doesn't seem real because it's just like I understand that people die every day but it just feels different when someone like that dies when they pass away it's like how is that possible why would that even happen how do you how does this happen why did this happen and you you obviously question things and wonder like why is this happening what why him or anything like that and it's just man I, like you say it, it's going to be hard to go back and watch like Black Panther or even the Five Bloods that's going to be a tough one to watch like I don't know it's 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 going to be rough 2020 has been rough Uh L you there
3: hey
0: yes so what were your, your thoughts on the uh, passing of Chadwick Boseman
3: So, I I mean, similar to what you guys are saying as far as just being in total shock and, you know, what I found out because Courtney texted me and I was just trying to make it make sense like, what? And I thought COVID, like, did did he have COVID and nobody knew or or something, just trying to make it make sense. And um, to hear that it was cancer, to hear he was fighting with it for so long and being someone who's been around people with cancer it's just it shows a true testament to his will and his determination and truly his talent because that's not it's not easy to do simple things uh when you're fighting cancer let alone film movies and successful movies at that so um it's just insane one thing i would like to say is I try to find a silver lining. You know, I'm a big believer that with every death, there's a lesson. Um, and with his, I think it just kind of shows, obviously, you know, you one, you never know what somebody's going through, right? Because there's a lot of people not too long ago cracking jokes about his appearance and things of that nature. And some people assumed it was for a role or whatever. And, and now we understand why. Um, I think, too, just to show how you can still be strong mentally and physically and still prevail and do a craft. And I also uh, really appreciate the fact with what you guys were saying earlier as far as nobody knew about it. But the people who did know respected that and, and kept his secret with him. And he was able to. Do what he truly wanted to do, leave behind a legacy that he knew he was going to be able to leave behind without anybody having any sort of pity or fear or you know, babying him or whatever his fear was of people knowing. So for that respect factor to still be there, I thought that was a beautiful thing. And, yeah, still, so I guess, like, processing, like, everyone else, just in shock when when you see it.
0: Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, definitely crazy times, but I'm going to have the smoothest and wildest transition of all times. I actually might get banned from the podcast for this, Uh-oh. but um, there was respect- another, there was another gentleman. Uh, and you know what? I'm, I was going to say something extremely fucked up. I'm not going to say that. But another person that uh, also had a uh, colon cancer was your man, Herman Kane, right? So this week was a Republican National Convention, right?
2: Smooth.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's butter. It's butter. Um, he had stage four colon cancer and survived, but uh, got the coon and buffoon and died from COVID. Uh, but anywho, I don't know if you guys, you probably didn't, but if you guys were watching the DNC and the RNC, which is the Democratic National Convention, Republican National Convention, convention, uh, it was pretty much, uh, to sum it up, the pretty much... Um, I guess parades for the party to make their their bid for why they should be president or continue to be president in the United States. And I watched most of the DNC and I was like, you know what, we do a podcast and just in my life, I like to kind of know kind of what's going on on both sides as far as like, you know, what people are trying to sell. Cause again, this is all dream selling if that makes sense. Um, mm. But I, I watched probably the first two hours of the Democrat or the Republican national events. And I was tweeting about it. And after that i couldn't i could not i couldn't do it no more could not do it anymore the the blatant lies and foolishness and propaganda that they were they were pushing was just it was too much for me and i I can't i can't understand how the mind works in anybody who would believe the nonsense that they were spewing i think the fact check came up that in one of the one of the rallies there was like 27 lies or misleading statements yeah. But the tie to your man, Herman Kane, is that this man literally is the greatest Republican in, in history. Like, this man literally died for the Hive. He said, you know what? Fuck COVID. I'm about to go get it popping at this rally. This man died. Not only did y'all not acknowledge him one time at the convention, y'all pimp out his Twitter account. And it's just like, mm-hmm. yo... uh, Yeah, we don't know that guy. But, you know, you know, vote for me. Like, bro, how how devious can one group of people be? You know what I'm saying? Like this man literally gave his life for y'all's party. Not a montage, not a picture, not a mention, not a mention of his family mourning. Nothing. This dude ran for president at one point. You know what I'm saying? There's not a lot of black people to do that. Not even a mention of this dude's name, like that is insane. Amongst the other crazy stuff they were talking about. Like the, the moment for me when I cut it off was where uh Nikki Haley, I think she used to be the governor of South Carolina, some some of South Carolina, whatever facts don't matter, blah 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 blah. She said America is not a racist country, and that's when I was like, Yep, time for me to pack it up. And stuff like that. I was like, bro, like people are eating this shit up, mind you. There was like no social distancing. Nobody had mask on. I feel like they mentioned the president. They mentioned how great 45 was at least like 37 times before they mentioned COVID one time. Um, uh, yeah, and your man Herschel Walker. Again, my Twitter is very heavy Georgia, very heavy Atlanta, but bro. Your man came in there, cooning it up, talking about like, oh, they say 45 is not a racist. I've known him for 30 years. You think I'd be friends with the racist? And Twitter quickly told him, yes. Yes, you would. Yes, you would. Yes, you would. would." Like, "Ah." Like they, they tried to roll out this kind of diversity platform like, oh, look, we have a black guy well, look, we have this woman. Oh, we have X, Y, and Z, diverse person. Yeah. But there was probably no, there was little to no diversity actually in the crowds. I think in the first two hours of the first day, they had one or two black people speak. And the irony of that is, is that they tried to get on the Democrats like, oh, they have these celebrities and athletes, and then they turn around and roll out
1: celebrities and athletes. I'm like, What are are y'all doing? Like, what are you talking about? Exactly. Pause one second. Hold your thought. I actually do have to ride out. So I usually I just probably go. But before I leave, I would just like to say uh, RIP to chat with Bozeman, uh, Wakanda forever, and I am out. I'll see y'all next week.
0: Peace.
3: Bye, friend.
0: And on that, I'm also, I think I've said this on Twitter on the podcast. I'm I'm I am very disgusted that we as a whole as a culture didn't make the Wakanda the thing. I think we should officially bring it back for for Chadwick yeah. his memory because that's something that we
2: can have like you, you know it's I've only um, done it to I've only done it to one random black person ever. Like I have <laughs> I have a Black Panther uh, uh hoodie that I wear to the gym. And this was like two years ago, when I was walking out, and the guy saw me. He hit me with it, and I hit it with it back. That's the only time okay. that I'm, I'm just I'm like, I'm like you know, instead of a head nod, I'm hey, I
0: Bring it back.
3: <laughs> Hold on one time. So
0: I got a Black Panther air freshener in my car right now. Like <laughs> it's out of control. But yeah, man, like it, the amount of propaganda Aww. that was that was being <laughs> being spilled, it just it made it made my head hurt. It made my head hurt to the point where I started tweeting the wrong hashtag. I started tre- tweeting DNC instead of RNC. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I can't. Like my, my brain cells started to melt. Like,
2: yeah.
0: so one of the things that they had going on with uh, when Kamala Harris was nominated for vice president was they tried to roll out the whole birtherism bid, right? Saying like, oh. Well, her mom was born in India and her dad was born in Jamaica. So she can't be eligible because they were trying to make the assumption that she's not American. So I'm watching the RNC on the first night and they roll out this Cuban refugee, right? And he was like on there about to cry, talking about 45 and America is so much better than Cuba. And I'm a naturalized citizen or whatever, whatever. And I was thinking in my head in that moment is like, you mean to tell me that this guy that's parent. Parents are both Cuban, who's naturalized, has more claim to be an American citizen than somebody that was literally born in the United States. Like, how does that? How does that math work? Like, I don't. I don't understand the the math they were they were doing with that. Just just little things like that that caught my eye. Like another thing that caught my eye was your man forty five was talking about like, oh, we got some some breakthroughs coming through and. Uh, I don't I feel like people should made a bigger deal of this but he's like, oh, yeah, you know hydroxychloroquine I don't want to say that cause you know how they do with that and I took it. It works great And I'm thinking like did you just admit you had COVID? because like why else would you take hydroxychloroquine? Thank
3: you. He's been saying that since he used to come out in the press releases and the daily notice and he was talking uh, Starting to talk about it in the first place and I never understood he was such a big advocate and he would say it before. That wasn't the first time we said, yeah, I take it every day. Yeah, I take it all the time, blah, blah, blah. And in my head, I'm just like, so is it a preventative or is this a cure? Because you're boasting about it like it's a cure. And if it is a cure, then you, that means you have the fucking COVID. So which one is it? And yet nobody, I don't understand And as many of the journalists that would be in there and would challenge this man. Nobody challenged him with that question from what I saw. I had the same exact thought.
0: The same exact thought. Yeah, just, just it. This, and again, this is going to be a very interesting election, whether you like the Republicans or Democrats. But uh, what I would say is do your research, man. Like, that's why I tried, I attempted to watch both sides of it, but it was too, it was just too egregious. It was just ridiculous. Like, when your man's died, die for the hive, and y'all didn't even mention him, that told me everything I need to know about their get down, if that makes sense. So, Do your research, man, get people, you know, do their research, get people to vote, you know, Uh, hopefully we can return to a sense of normalcy in a very uh, shaky 2020 like this is you don't want to say it can't get any worse, but I I hope 2021 is very brighter, more fruitful, more productive and that we can kind of move on and, uh, you know, be better. As as a as a as a whole, if that makes sense. But mm. yeah, but they was roasting this one lady. I don't I think it was Jared Kushner, one of the Trump's girlfriend or wife, this uh, Hispanic lady. She sounded insane. Like, go look it up. I'm gonna am gonna probably screw up the video, but like they compared her to like Rita from the Power Ranger, she was just like yelling the whole time, 45. Like, <laughs> He's a great guy. They're gonna take away our guns. They're gonna take away our rights. Socialism. I'm like, <coughs> no COVID. Uh, I was like, yo, like,
3: wear your mask, damn it.
0: I feel like the thing that trips me out is I feel like that the the Republicans use a bunch of words that I think their base doesn't understand what they mean, but they're like, yeah, socialism, Marxism. They're gonna take away our guns. Anarchy. Dog, they compared Joe Biden to Fidel Castro.
2: Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> I, I, uh, I mean
2: I, I, at this point, I mean at this point, do people are, are there still people on the fence that like they're not sure who they're gonna vote for? Like do they still need like, well, I'm gonna I need to hear both sides. I need to be right. totally convinced, like. I'm ready to vote today. Like, if we can go ahead and just go ahead and knock this out. Can
3: go, <laughs> y'all
2: can, like, you can stop with these ads. Like, I'm tired of seeing these right. these ridiculous ads of just like, oh, well, Joe, Joe Biden is going to make it so when you call 911, no one's going to answer the phone. Like, what the? F- what? Like, what? Yeah. I'm Get that off you. I'm,
0: I'm back. Like, there's... Yeah, man. I think it... Honestly, should I make a bold prediction? I think it's a wrap. I think it's going to be, you know, I'm going to manifest. I think it's going to be a landslide ass whipping from what happened four years ago. Because, like, it seems like a lot of desperation. Like, the Republicans didn't even come out with a new platform. Like, they literally said, hey, we're not running on anything new except Mm -mm -mm. that Eddie 45 can save us from himself. Which, if you really sit and think about it, makes no sense at all. Like one of the, yeah,
3: things,
0: one of the 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 points that they're trying to push is the whole law and order, looting and rioting, but are kind of skipping over the whole part of why looting and rioting is happening. Which is a smooth transition to your man's Kyle Rittenhouse. Mm.
3: Jesus, man, <laughs> man so, you've been on it i i, I had a, a,
0: a very confusing interesting conversation earlier related to uh the whole jacob blake kyle rittenhouse situation if you're listening i i have i'm still kind of i don't know anywho so jacob blake there's a lot going on with this story. And just like with the whole Tory Lane's Megan the Stallion situation, I, I kind of want to see a police report um, just to kind of get the full scope. But the problem is, which is kind of the, the catalyst or the spark for a lot of these protests and riots is the mistreatment of black and brown people by the police, uh, because we know that and this is a fact. We can you can look it up that there's been plenty of incidences where police ha- have been nefarious and engaging in in gross malfeasance as far as their reporting of facts, right? So I just watched the video or a different angle of the video today with the Jacob Blake situation. Um, I saw him going towards his car. Two costs are behind him. He goes into his car and then he gets shot seven or four, five, six, seven, eight times. I'm hearing four, four to seven times, four to eight times. And, and now the new story that's coming out is that uh, at some point he had a cop in a chokehold. He had a knife on him. He broke through a taser, but after all of that, he still was able to make it to his vehicle. Now they're saying that, I guess his girlfriend called the cops to him, that I guess he sexually assaulted her or something like that. Which again, if true, is terrible. It's not good. But, and again, and people hate the butt, but I still think that in policing, it shouldn't go to, yo, allegedly we get beat up. We can't tase this person. Now we follow him to his car to shoot him in the back. And again, I'm not in law enforcement. I understand it's a difficult job that you sign up for, but I feel like there's a lot more steps that go into what happened than letting somebody walk through their car and then shooting them in the back. I I just don't get it. Um well
2: with- even with that, you said that uh he was uh uh either accused or something with uh sexually assaulting. Like did he just at that point, sexually saw someone or he had a warrant I see, I, I don't and that's the thing, I don't know
0: because the, the police are putting out their statement saying that. And I'm I'm trying to figure out why would the police initially call because the witnesses that I've seen online are saying that he was trying to break up some sort of altercation between two women. So I don't know how that goes from that to you getting getting in a tussle with two cops and then getting shot in the back. Like there's a lot of gaps in the story that need to be filled. I just don't I don't see how you go from that to that. Like, where's the de-escalation? Where's the conversation? I feel like, I feel like that if, and again, this is just me, I feel like, because I've seen it happen. If you're able to communicate with people in a respectful, thoughtful manner where you're listening to what's going on. And again, from the witness reports, the knife was found in his car after the fact. So in my head, if he doesn't present a threat with a weapon, then that should be a pretty non-confrontational situation where you shouldn't fear. But, and unfortunately, I forgot the gentleman in Atlanta at the Hardys that got shot, but you saw on the, the body cam footage where he was talking to the cops pretty calmly and then all of a sudden, like they were able to communicate with him and then all of a sudden they tried to arrest him and then he runs away and gets shot. Like where is the de-escalation? If he's running away, you're not a threat. And I get it. There's it's not a black and white situation, but from what I've seen, this looks it looks questionable, especially in the age that we're in, where, where cops there's clearly evidence where where cops are wiling out. Um, I'll let Marcus go because I'm I'm gonna pull up a, an example
2: of that in a second from the oh. State police department. I, I was gonna say with the whole like whatever he was accused of, whether it be sexual assault, rape, anything like that, none of those things are good. That is illegal. That is a crime. That is not a crime that gets you murdered. That's not an executionable Mm -hmm. crime, if you know what I'm saying. like That's not something that if you do that, they can just kill you in the streets for. You have to go through the court system. You still have to be Uh, Proven guilty, you're innocent until proven guilty, all that stuff, due process. And it's it's one of those things where you just kind of want to think in your head like, you know, hey, if this guy had just, you know, killed a bunch of people, then I could understand the police shooting and killing him. But we've seen multiple times, we've seen multiple mass shooters that have shot up movie theaters, that have shot up churches, that have shot up schools. We've seen those people get taken into custody with no issues, no no punches. They're still alive, they didn't get shot, there's no shootout. So it is possible for these violent people to be taken into custody without them getting shot. There has to be some sort of step that they could have taken to take this man in the, if he needed to be arrested. There was something that they could have done before just shooting him in the back seven times there's something that's missing from this and i, I agree with what you're saying there's something happened but i don't want to hear this okay well there was a knife in the car that they found after the fact There, uh, he might have sexually assaulted someone which is a crime that you go to jail for not a crime that you get shot in the streets for so and you know he was a it's they're just you know uh discrediting his character. But like I said, we've seen it on multiple occasions. We've seen multiple people that have shot multiple people get taken into custody with no type of incident. So they should be able to do the same thing for him.
0: Yeah. And I'm seeing mad bots on Twitter right now trying to read about the story as with the NBA as well that we'll probably mention at some point, but I see a, a video or a tweet from this black person, quote unquote, that made the Twitter account in 2020 saying, I'm going to be so upset if Kyle Rittenhouse gets in any real trouble, hashtag Patriot, he's no criminal. Like the
2: what? Come on. there's people
0: that tweeted out. They wish he was their president and that he's a hero. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it, but <clears throat> to the, the point of uh, about bringing up people's past. So, He shot and killed, I think, two people. And one was a guy named Joseph Rosenbaum, who I guess had a... who was a registered sex offender, which isn't a good thing. Uh, His incident, whatever he did, which I don't know, I I haven't seen any more details, was back in 2012, right? So whatever he did... It happened eighteen years ago.
2: Not, not a death sentence.
0: Not condoning it, but people are trying to justify him being killed because of his his past transgressions, which again, it, it, it's not how it works. It's not how any of this works. Like you do that, and it's like, all right, cool, he did that. What about the other guy that he killed?
2: What's your excuse for that? And it's like, are we fine with? The, is, is that how you want? things to be handled from now on like if someone is accused of something or did something 15 years ago you're just allowed to shoot them is that how we're going to start handling crimes and Mm. like in like disagreements like well I shot him but it turns out he was a sexual offender so he so I'm good right he was a bad person so it's like it's, it's like do you guys believe in the justice system or not Cause that's not part of the justice system where you just take matters into your own hands. And this kid, man, this, whatever, like this, this there's a lot of stuff coming up about him and his mom and all these old pictures. And it's just like, it's almost like, yeah, how did, how did you not see this happening? We should have like, whoever was around him should have known this was going to happen. You got pictures of him. Like, as a kid with, like, these automatic rifles, like, what are we doing? Why is he, like, what I'm not talking about, like, you know, hunting rifles or even an AR-15 that maybe his dad has. We're talking about, like, these automatic machine guns with like some Call of Duty shit. The only reason to have that type of weapon is to kill a person. There's no other reason to have that. There's no other, there, there's no justification for that. That's what that weapon is for. You're not going to kill a deer with that because it's going to blow the deer to pieces. There's not going to be anything left of it. You're not going to use it to defend your home because those bullets are going to go through whoever you shoot and go through the wall and kill somebody else. That gun is to kill large amounts of people. And he was—he had that as a kid. His mom is out here running around with rifles and armor plates. Of course this happened. Of course it did. But this, it's... It's normal for white people to be running around with automatic rifles. That's normal, that's fine.
0: Yeah, the the video, if you haven't seen it, it's, it is amazing. Like he walked right past the police. People are like, yo, he just shot some people. Walks strolls right, like maybe a foot away from a police car with a gun. <clears throat> and there was not even the thought to question him, anything. And then earlier in the day, there's audio of the police thanking the the little militia groups and handing them water. What? <clears throat> like, oh yeah, we appreciate you guys. It's like, huh? <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a whole two Americas thing, man. Like they can they can do stuff like that and apparently just get away with it and not be questioned. But you know. It it doesn't make any sense, and I hope I hope he gets the chair. Matter of fact, no, you know I can't even say what I hope happens, but hopefully justice is served.
2: That's that's all I can say about that. Yeah, that's all we can hope for. Like this, hopefully things change. But I mean, things like this takes time. You know, it's <clears throat> it's going to be hard to uh, change these gun laws and to change you know how people are perceived doing the same exact thing so I, we all know for a fact if kyle was kendrick he's not just walking past the police with that gun like that especially if people are pointing at him saying hey this dude just shot someone shot someone if he's kendrick and he's black and he's got a gun and people are saying hey he just shot somebody please start looking scared. like hey bro keep it moving we got something else to do they're not doing that with him
0: Yeah. And real quick, uh, just I'm not going to read the whole story, but go look up a story uh, about a guy named Michael Bell. Um, It happened in 2004, who was also killed by the Kenosha cops. Um, His story is kind of similar. Long and short, his dad, who is a uh, retired military pilot, he commissioned an independent search on what happened with the police account. Uh, They they settled a civil lawsuit for $1.75 million and changed Wisconsin's law governing how police-involved shootings are investigated because pretty much, like, they blew his son's head off and then kind of lied about it, and and this is straight facts. Um, I listened to it on a podcast. I'm reading the transcript, but essentially the police involved in the shooting changed the story about what happened at least 12 times. After being caught lying,
3: that doesn't surprise
0: me. Okay, uh, the Kenosha police changed their testimony nineteen times. Jesus Christ! The officer that killed his son changed his testimony six times. The eyewitness testimony never changed one time. The eyewitnesses were his mother and sister. Mm. Which, which again, this this dude is still advocating and fighting for what happened to his son and for Jacob Blake's. He knows that these kind of things happen. And the crazy thing about this is uh he kind of did the same thing that we do. Not we do, but what happens he's like, yo, my son was no angel. He had a, an open DUI. He was a college student. But again, a DUI is not an executionable offense. Right? Uh-huh. Like you shouldn't have to be perfect to not get justice. That's that's the bottom line. Everybody has skeletons in their closet. Just everybody wants to be holy in all these situations. But it's one of those things where... um yeah, definitely check that out. Uh, the gentleman's name is uh, uh, Michael Bell, and it happened in 2004. And, and just the 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 end up that end that point is, and again, this was before social media; is a different time. But white people, not to generalize, but a lot of them get mad when they see black people protesting and rioting and looting. There's nothing stopping y'all from doing the same thing if y'all feel, if feel y'all have been in, injustice, if there's been an injustice to your community. And this one, again, happened in 2004, but like, yo, this happened now. Like, we'd be marching right with you because we understand how that goes. You know what I'm saying? It's not a black, white thing like it's been portrayed. It is a justice thing. It just happens to afflict more black and brown people, but yo, if something's fucked up, it's fucked up across the board. If we help you, that's gonna help us. So um yeah. <clears throat> and and one thing the the rapid rapid it wrap it up. I know I think two episodes ago we talked about the, the young boy that got killed by his neighbor, got shot in the head, and people tried to do the old white lives matter. Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And our okay. point. Um, I the, first of all, yeah, there, there's there hasn't been a single word about that since. But there the point is with that, is that his killer is going to jail. Right? We're not sure if the killers of Brianna Taylor or you know the people that shot Jacob Blake or Kyle Wittenhouse are going to get justice. Right. But one thing I did notice, and that I will point out that doesn't get brought up is one thing that I did not see is that there were no black people online or on Twitter from what I saw making parody videos or making a joke of this child getting shot in the head what I did see though was white people making parody videos of George Floyd getting choked out I did see that 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 is something I definitely disgusting see. Yeah, so let's 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 keep it a book. Let's keep that same energy. It's not the same thing. Stop it, stop it. But yes, the the kind of huh, this this is this, this is a very dark episode. Sorry guys, it is what it is. But it's good content. Definitely a subscribe my iTunes, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud. Um, real quick, we're gonna move to to Kyrie and the bubble, and this kind of this also ties into what we've been talking about. As far as athletes trying to make an impact, um, even though people had different or varying opinions on how this is going, it's kind of it's been a little all over the place. But the the whole thing right now is the uh, Kyrie was right, and I let Marcus lead it off with this, but I nobody gave me any good reasoning why Kyrie was right about this whole thing, but.
2: Not what well, the, uh, the NBA expert Marcus Sniffles. Uh, <laughs> uh, essentially, what Kyrie was saying was he he wasn't sure that the NBA players should have continued with the season with everything everything that was going on, and uh, was saying that hey, we should be using our platform and our voices to do other things, and we shouldn't use us playing basketball as a distraction from everything else that's going on. Because, but uh, I. I agree that I feel like at this point things are progressing a lot faster and better than they have previously because I think you know people aren't able to leave their houses and uh, a lot of people are listening. They're seeing. They're they're being forced to look at some of these things, and so uh, actions are being taken a little bit more seriously. And one thing that I that I will side with Kyrie on is the way that he was covered after he said that. There were a lot of articles written about him saying that he was being a distraction and he doesn't know what he's talking about. And it was super like really harsh and super negative about what he was saying. And and I, I believe I said this when this happened. Like if you're if you're an NBA player and you're one of the people who's like, hey, I am not going to play because I want to use my voice, my platform, my money to work on social justice, social justice reform or helping out with the cause. I'm totally for that. If you're someone who doesn't wanna play because of the coronavirus, you have young kids with breathing problems, you have old people in your life, you have people that are in high risk areas. If you don't wanna play, I'm all for that. No problem for me. If you're a player who's like, hey, I'm going to use my voice and my platform, but I am also going to play basketball. I'm also okay with that. My biggest, my main concern and my point was that do what you want to do here. It shouldn't have to be we all have we're all they're all individuals. Do what it is that you want to do. If you don't want to play, don't play. If you don't want to play because of corona, you want to do social justice stuff. Do that. You don't if you want to play. If you want to play and you don't want to say anything, that's also fine. But you need to make a choice and do that. But I just didn't like the way that Kyru was covered after the fact. And I also don't think that he was right about anything. Like, what was he right about? So yeah, they decided to play. If they decided as a whole not to play, does uh uh Jake, I'm blanking on his name. What's his name? Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake so if they're not playing this great like, I'm watching the game right now if Jacob if they do not play right now is Jacob Blake's able to walk is he walking right now is he not paralyzed like what are we really talking about and, then, and I was listening to uh Monty Jones talking about it, and he was saying like the players have leverage by actually coming to the bubble because if they don't come to the bubble they have nothing to boycott they have nothing to take away from the owners. They have nothing to take away from ESPN and TNT. They have nothing to take away from uh, uh, soda companies and food companies and fast food restaurants. All these commercials that paid for advertising for those games, they have nothing to take from them. They have no leverage. So them coming to the bubble was actually the right move. So at the end, Kyrie was wrong. He was not right about anything when you think about it. That is that is true, <clears throat> that is true. And 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 honestly, we should. For one, I don't think we should be putting this much on professional athletes. I think we should put this kind of pressure on politicians and people.
3: Thank with you.
2: And, you know, power, influence, money. But I appreciate what they did. And there's a there's a there's a lot of people. I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna call out Gift Queen. I'm calling her out because she was one of those people all the time. When i talking about. LeBron James decided to do this boycott and they could only boycott for one game. And that was it. And I asked her, I was like, how many games is enough for you? How many games is enough for a proper boycott? How many games do they have to miss for you to be satisfied? And she didn't answer me. So it's just like, if them boycotting those games, that costs a lot of people, a lot of money. Yes. It was just, it, it wasn't just one game because there were two games scheduled that were missed. So there was like, what, three games scheduled those two nights? There was a lot of games missed. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of dead TV time that people have to fill. A lot of people lost a lot of money. And to say that the boycott was pointless because they only did it for one game just shows a lack of integrity and intelligence because you're not paying attention. You're just like, oh, they only missed one game. That's not enough. That's not enough. Michael Jordan wouldn't even – he'd have missed like, – and that was ridiculous. I saw that. We're comparing LeBron James and Michael Jordan to who would have boycotted the most games, or Michael Jordan wouldn't have boycotted any games. He would have just played all the games. Like, come on, guys. What are we, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Like a lot and, – and, and the last thing I'll say before someone else jumps in – Yes, it was just one game that they boycotted and two games were missed. Yes, a lot of money was affected and lost. And I believe phone calls were made. And I think there are changes being made. But if you talk to Jacob Blake's dad, and that's, you know, uh, Giannis did that. Giannis plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. Jacob Blake got shot near that area. He talked to his dad. His dad said that that was powerful for him. So if it's not powerful enough for you, go talk to the guy whose son is paralyzed right now because he thought it was impactful. He thought it was powerful. Hmm. And because you people on Twitter don't think it's good enough, go talk to that guy because that's who they're doing it for. They're not doing it for you. They're not doing it for your likes. They're not doing it for your retweets. They're not doing it so you'll put him – in your top five all times or top two or one they're doing it for that guy They're taking care of that guy's family How many days of work have you missed for a protest for a boycott? Mm. How many paychecks? Have you missed?
3: <laughs> right. You tell them Marcus you tell them
0: and it's also personal for the <clears throat> bucks as well as uh, one of their own players Sterling Brown uh, he was double parked outside of a Walgreens late at night, which led to an interaction with police that led backup being called and Brown being physically overpowered by many police or uh, multiple police. Then ultimately was tased and arrested. Mm. Again, being double parked at a Walgreens isn't something that should get your ass beat by the police. It's really not. You know what I'm saying? Like th- these things happen. Um, uh, who was it? Uh, didn't Dabo get his
2: leg broke by the police or something like that?
3: Goodness.
2: Oh, uh, that was Cephalosia. yeah. Yeah. Like three in the, years. In, the, three in, in years, the playoffs. In the
0: playoffs. Got So, again, it hits different for everybody. And I know people have different perspectives. Um But I, I, I guess.
3: Happens, real quick. But I think what happens is, to get to your point, Marcus, as far as what is it good enough, you know, if it's good enough for the dad whose son is paralyzed, and it should be good enough, not for everybody on Twitter and such. I think what happens is that people see protests happening or boycotts happening and nothing coming of it. So when they see only one boycott happening in the NBA and then there's no immediate change at, to their knowledge or our knowledge, then it's kind of like, well, then what was that for? That was a waste of time. That was for nothing because nothing legally has been changing. But as you mentioned, that's not on the athletes they're putting a lot of pressure and expectations for the athletes to change things. And all that these athletes can do is advocate, you know, they can protest, they can be for the cause, they can support the cause, they can raise money and things of that nature, but they are not in legislative. Like they're not the people who can actually change the laws. So when you put so much focus on them, they could, they're only doing what every other citizen can do as well. And they're just using their platform to do it. So that's my two cents with it as far as people not being uh satisfied with the results that are happening as far as NBA players and boycotting and such. There aren't they're not the ones that are gonna make the change. So the narrative there needs to change, the mindset there needs to be adjusted.
0: Word. Uh but yeah, I, I think we'll wrap it there. It's just, I feel like this is a, a good Who episode. are you texting?
3: Uh, like, like, uh,
0: <laughs> don't worry about that. Um, actually, the, the person I'm texting is... Uh, uh,
2: hold on.
0: Mm-hmm. Hold on. Is the homie. Uh, I know a lot of Falcons. I don't know if you guys follow him, but the, the homie uh, Tim Williams, he's an artist. He draws a lot of pictures and uh, he did a picture of Chadwick Boseman. I retweeted it. Um, and I was asking him permission if I could use, I'm going to send to y'all, if I could use his picture that he did for the cover of our episode. And he said, yes. So Tim, I appreciate it. I'm sorry, Mr. Williams, I appreciate it. Uh, you're an excellent artist. I love your point of view on Twitter. He is the uh, the 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 OG white dude that being in his neighborhood running around with Biden shirts on, pissing off, his a MAGA neighbor. So I oh, wow. I definitely respect him. Um, So, I sent the picture to the chat. Yeah, that's
3: beautiful. Wow.
0: So, uh, shout out to Tim Williams. Check out his art. Ooh. Some of these audio's trash. Hold on. All right. Yeah, we good. But, yeah, yeah. Shout out to him. Uh, Definitely shout out to AC3 Savage. He's going through his uh, weight loss journey. Definitely uh, support him with that. Yay! Uh, Shout shout out to Jif. Shout out to Tribble. Shout out to, uh, to Rev Run. Ah, uh, definitely follow Rev Run. She's probably said the two funniest lines on Twitter I've ever heard. Uh, the first one was a couple years ago when she talked about she was inflicted with a horny. And then I saw her tweet about a story where she was told to keep her spiritual panties on, and that I've been I've been laughing about that for for days. I've never <laughs> heard that before, and I I, I was just tickled tickled to death about that. I would change my my name to spiritual panties, but I might get a yeah, people might come for me. I'm not gonna do that. But yeah, shout out to them. Definitely shout out to Jalen, shout out to uh, nashi Umbrella. All the guys support us, everybody, you know, support black podcasts, support black women. Um, you guys got any shout outs?
2: Uh, just uh yeah, shout out to everybody that, that uh that rides with us, that supports us, that listens, that shares and all those all those things. Uh um, by time uh, this comes out on Tuesday. I'll be starting uh, 30 days. I'm 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 not doing it with the Dolphins, but it's kind of something that he's doing. I'm doing the 30 days with no bread for the Good month work. of September. Good luck. So, uh, we'll see how that goes because, like, I love like pizza and hamburger. So this is gonna and I eat like sandwiches all the time. So this is this is gonna be a uh, a rough month of September. But I mean, what else is new? 2020. I mean, I'm going a month without In-N-Out burgers, so that
0: is my my tribute to myself. Wow. My t- <laughs> <laughs> I'd be fiending for that double double with that Coke. It's it's so good. Like I don't care what y'all say. In-N-Out is lit.
3: It's uh, nice. <laughs> Yeesh. Well, I'm about to give up wine. Yep, I said it. Wow! I'm up wine. I'm giving up alcohol starting um at some point next week. Not like our Monday or anything, but I would say probably by Thursday, Thursday, Friday. I know right in time for the weekend, but yep, giving it up. Let's see what happens.
0: So is it like snatch season? Are we going to drop some thirst traps or what's do we need to be? <laughs> we need to turn our notifications on. Like what's what's going on?
3: All of the above, friend. Oh, All shame. of the above. It's, it's, it's litty. It's litty. <laughs> but anywho,
0: this is a KTSC Ave. Uh, we out. Con forever. RIP to God. Peace.
3: He forgot to email me, huh? That motherfucker. I'm over here waiting. And I'm just like, oh, where's my invite?